Hello, Believers. This is Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger Podcast, a podcast that helps God chasers and difference makers find the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. Welcome to the power episode. I'm telling you, I'm excited about this episode. I got, you know, I always can tell when it's going to be a good one because when I'm excited creating like the slides and the content, I'm like, oh, I can't wait till I get on the microphone. And this is one of those episodes. And so today we're going to be talking about power and our guiding scripture will be Acts 1.8. And it says this, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so today we're going to be talking about dead batteries, charging stations, and wonder working power. So just to be clear, this is not about the 50 Cent show. Um, (laughs) This is not about Ghost and, um, and Tommy and and all that this ain't that it ain't that kind of power so if you were like oh power yes girl let let me find out what's going on with the new episode this ain't that okay this is not that we are going to be talking about power holy ghost power so let's start with dead batteries so here's the thing i encourage you like strongly encourage you to read the book of acts even though i'm a big old fan of the new of the old testament the book of acts once you get past the gospel so matthew mark luke and john Acts is the next one after the Gospels, and it is all about the Acts of the Apostles after they received the power of the Holy Spirit, the things that they were able to do after Jesus transitioned off the scene and he left them with the Holy Spirit. It is a remarkable text. It is, man, it is so inspiring. And so our key text here is taking place in Acts chapter one. So Jesus has died on the cross he's come back from the dead he's been around for about 30 40 days and so he's getting ready to like transition and make his exit and as he was preparing to make his return back to heaven he gave his disciples some very specific instructions so you'll see in verses four and five it says he said do not leave jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about for john baptized with water But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So baptism in those days and actually today is an identifier. Okay, so when you think about somebody getting baptized or you've been invited to somebody's baptism, we think about somebody going in the water, being dunked in the water and then being kind of brought back up. And what that does, that is an identifier. It's like a tag or or brand. And it's an outward symbol of an internal transformation. It is the means by which believers identify outwardly with Christ. Okay. And so baptism by water was this symbolic expression that signified burying or dying to your old self. And so the thought is, is that your old sinful man goes into the water and then this new creature alive in Christ is what comes out of the water. But in this passage, Jesus said, you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And what that meant was they were going to be empowered by God to carry on the teachings and the mission of the church. And so as Jesus walked and kind of built the platform, okay, departure from the old law and now being saved by grace through faith, that was the platform that he built and and all the teachings that he had shared and with the disciples. And so now that he was getting ready to transition off the scene, he wanted them to continue that work. But here's the thing. 
in their own strength, in their own power, they were going to be limited by their own human failings and their own human shortcomings. And so Jesus was leaving them a permanent connection to his power. Because think about it. These are the same dudes that when the Roman soldiers came to arrest him, they scattered. Okay. They was like, Oh, Jesus, what Jesus, um, Jesus, who Jesus Johnson, you know, that's how they were. Okay. They, these are those guys. And so, because this is who Jesus was leaving behind. He said, listen, in your own strength and human failings and shortcomings, you're not going to be able to continue this work in the way that is necessary for you to continue the work. So I'm going to give you a key tool, a gift, a gift from my father that will empower you to do this work. And so it is today at the moment of conversion. So for you and me, at the moment that we confess Christ and believed on him as Lord and Savior and his resurrection on the cross, you and me became baptized by the Holy Spirit. So that same gift that Jesus is talking about in Acts 1-8 is the same Holy Spirit that dwells in every single believer. You instantly, at that moment of conversion, you instantly receive a permanent bond, a permanent union with Christ and with other believers in the body of Christ. So it's what we mean when we say one Lord, one faith, one baptism, not necessarily a baptism by water, but baptism in the Holy Spirit. Every believer has been baptized that is permanently bonded to the same spirit. That is the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Trinity in Christ Jesus. And Paul puts it this way. Okay, so the Apostle Paul, he puts it this way. So in Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 6, he says, As for you, you were dead in transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, talking about Satan specifically, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. In the same way that there is a Holy Spirit, there are also evil spirits, okay? doing the work of Satan and doing the things that are, are contrary to the word of God. That's the spirit that is at work in those people who are walking contrary to the word. Verse three says, all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of death. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So what is Paul saying? When Jesus found you, your battery was dead. You were the walking dead. Your, your sins and your transgressions and the way that you were living your life made you worthy of death. And when he found you, your tank was on empty. You were living without purpose or conviction or direction. But then something happened. But then something happened. Paul says that something that happened said that God, because of his great love for you, because he is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ when we were dead in transgressions. And so that's something that happened to you somehow, some way, some person, some place, some experience, some church, some sermon, something led you to accept Christ as Savior. And at the moment that you did that, you received 
power. Don't miss that. That is the whole premise of this whole episode. If you don't hear nothing else, if, if the, the audio gets cut off or rambled or you go into your, a train station or the, or the battery die out on your phone, don't, don't lose that part. At the moment that you accepted Christ the Savior, you received power. But the problem is, and what brings me to this episode is, too many of us are walking around like our batteries are still dead. Too many of us are walking around like we are still dead in sin and trespasses. Too many of us are still walking around like the walking dead, like Christ has not come, like transformation has not taken place, like we just walking around with a dead battery, which brings us to charging stations. Romans 8, 26 through 28 says this. See, everybody knows Romans 8 and 28, but I like to go, you know, go back a couple of two, three scriptures, okay, and see what the what the God, the word is saying. Romans 8, 26 says, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts, he meaning God who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So every time you see that reference to eight to Romans eight and 28, the part that's left off of that is the fact that when Jesus left and he left the power of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity to dwell within us, that spirit, that person, that entity has the mind of Christ. That person, that power, that spirit has a direct line to the Father. And so even when we don't know what we ought to pray for, even when we don't know what to say to God, even when we can't muster up the words or because, you know, it's been a while or we feel some kind of way or the fellowship is broken or whatever the case may be, the Bible says that the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And so you can't hear it, but God hears it. And it says that God who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for who? For God's people in accordance with the will of God. In other words, tag team back again. Let me tell you how awesome this is. Okay. So Jesus came and he came and he gave his life as a ransom for all of us. We didn't deserve it, but he did it. Thank you, Jesus. And then he came and dwelt among us for a little while so that people would be clear and understanding and have eyewitness accounts that Jesus died, was buried and was resurrected and walked around saying, hey, girl, hey, and how you doing? And all of that. And then when he left, because it was never his plan to stick around permanently, when he left, he said, we've done some good things here. We've established a solid foundation here. And I don't want all of that good work to go to waste. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave another version of myself, a spirit that is going to dwell within you that has direct access to the father. So get this, 
When Jesus went back to heaven, what did he do? What is he doing? Jesus went back to heaven and the Bible says he sits at the right hand of the father making what? Intercession for us. And so intercession means that he is pleading our case. He is saying, Lord, this is what Shantae needs. And Lord, this is what John needs. And Lord, this is what Erica needs. And Lord, this is what the the Jones family needs. He's making intercession for us. But then the Bible also says, which I just read to you, that not only is Jesus pleading your case from on high, but the Holy Spirit is pleading your case in the earthly realm. And so the way that this is set up, when you talk about prayer, the power of prayer, I don't understand why people don't pray. I don't understand why prayer is not a part of your business strategy or your platform strategy, because here's what prayer does. When you pray, the Holy Spirit articulates that prayer in a way that God will make it palatable to him. And so you might not know all the fancy words and the hitherto's and the this and thou's, and the Holy Spirit says, I got you. I'm going to clean this up and I'm going to put this forward in a way that makes sense to God because I already know what God wants for your life. And so I'm going to rearticulate this prayer in such a way to make it fit with, to be in strategic alignment with what God wants for you. And then Jesus said, I'll do you one better. Once you've cleaned that prayer up, what I'm going to do is talk to the father and say, hey, Here's what's going on and here's what this person needs and here's how what this person needs is in accordance with what you want for this person. So that is the power of the Holy Spirit and that is how we know. That is how we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God because we know that both the Spirit of God and the person of Jesus are at work consistently on our behalf, making intercession for us, pleading our case in order for God to answer our prayer. Which brings us to our next point. So we are living, breathing, charging stations. I want to repeat that. So we are living, breathing, charging stations. The Holy Spirit dwells in each of us and the Holy Spirit works best when it is activated by faith in God. The Holy Spirit is waiting for many of us to be activated by our faith in God, waiting for us to charge up and pursue our calling by faith. And too many of us, too many of us are just kind of sitting around on our blessed assurance, waiting for God to move. But here's the thing. God is waiting for you to move. Okay. God is waiting for you to move. Second Timothy 1, 6 and 7 says, Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God, which is in you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I repeat, God has given us a spirit of power. Paul said, God has not given you a spirit of fear. God has given you a spirit of power. Power is the ability to create and the ability to destroy. So God has given you the ability to create something out of nothing, to speak your future into existence. The power, the Bible says, of life and death is in the tongue. And so what are you doing with the power that you have? Let me, don't miss this. Do not miss this. Paul said, Timothy, I need to remind you, 
stir up the gift of God, which is in you. What did Jesus say the gift was? He said, my father's going to give you a gift. What is that gift? The gift is the Holy Spirit. And Paul said, Timothy, you need to stir that thing up because God has not given us a spirit of fear. The gift that God gave us was the spirit spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. So what are you doing with the power you have? And some of you, I understand you need a concrete example. You're still not there yet. So let me break it down for you like this. Okay. You go to the grocery store, right? So you go to the grocery store and you got your list and you know how it is. You know, you're getting kind of hungry. You're getting kind of thirsty. You don't really want to spoil your dinner. And so, you know, you're like, I'm gonna just grab something to drink or we'll grab a, a what do you call that? A Odawalla or a, a protein drink of some kind. And if you look Look at many of those bottles, uh, a protein drink at the grocery store. It says shake well contents may have settled at the bottom of the container. Shake well contents may have settled at the bottom of the container, which means everything that is necessary for that drink to be delicious is already in the bottle, but it has to be shaken up. It has to be stirred up. It has to be activated in order for you to get the full benefit of the deliciousness. Likewise, you already have everything you need in your vessel right now as a believer to build wealth, to reach millions of people, to transform lives. But you have to be willing to activate the power that dwells in you by faith. And so at the grocery store, you take the bottle and you shake, 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 and then you open it up. In the spiritual realm, you already have the power that dwells within you in order to do the things that God has called you to do. But you have to, instead of shaking it physically, you have to shake it up by activating your faith in God, which brings us to wonder working power. First Corinthians 2 says this, our faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I repeat, Our faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know why your faith is sitting at the bottom of the bottle? You know why your contents have settled at the bottom of the jug? Because you have plugged into the wrong power. The reason why your faith has not been activated in the way that it ought to be is because a lot of us have put our faith in the wisdom of men instead of putting our faith in the power of God. It's like trying to use an Android cord to power your iPhone. It's not going to work. And too many of us are putting faith in what man says do and what this guru say do and what the crystals and the sage and the hither and the thither say do instead of putting our trust in the power of God. And, you know, we're using regular unleaded in a premium vehicle. And I'm here to tell you it's not going to work. Second Corinthians 10, four, don't miss this. Second Corinthians 10, four says the weapons that we fight with, we who believers, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So what does that mean? You are not going to be able to do the things that God has called you to do because the weapons that we use as believers are not 
weapons of the world. You are fighting spiritual battles with earthly weapons. You are fighting spiritual battles on some Advil, take two of these and call me in the morning. You're fighting spiritual battles on some, let me read my daily motivations and let me create, you know, my vision board. And I'm not knocking any of that, but for the kinds of things that you've been called to do to, to fight the battles that you've been called to fight, you're bringing knives to a gunfight. You're trying to build your platform and trying to game the system on algorithms and Facebook ads. And God is trying to tell you this ain't that this ain't that it's not that type of party. Now that's fine. That's fine for unbelievers. But Paul said the weapons that we, who is we, you and me believers, the weapons that we fight with are of a whole different variety. The Bible says that you have divine power. What is divine power? The power of God. You have the power to destroy the strongholds in your life. You have the power of God to destroy the stronghold of poverty. And you have the power to destroy the yoke of addiction in your life. You have the power to demolish generational curses in your life. You have the power to destroy every lies spoken against you and against God's calling on your life. The Bible says that you have the power to demolish anything that seeks to disrupt your relationship and your walk and your calling with God. And not only that, the Bible says you have the power to take prisoners, okay, to take captive, to disrupt and to defeat any argument that tries to tell you that God is not who he says he is, even your own flesh, even the enemy whispering in your ear, even your mama and your daddy and your cousins who don't believe, even those who say, well, you need to get up, get up, get out and get something and roll up your sleeves and your elbows and, and you need to be self-reliant instead of God-reliant. You have power, friends, ladies, gentlemen, you have power, wonder-working power. You have direct access, direct access to the power of the almighty God. You have the power to stop living small, to stop playing it safe. You have the power to stop doing the bare minimum and just doing enough to scrape by. Do you understand? You serve a God, you serve a God and you have direct access to a God that specializes in resurrection. That is his hallmark. That is his signature. That's what he does. He brings things that were dead back to life. He can speak one word and call things into existence. He can summon the wind and he can calm the waves. He can call, God can call every star by its name. And you think that God can't pay your bills? God can number every grain of sand by the sea and you think that he can't help your business grow? What do you want God to do? What are you afraid to ask him to do? You have the access to wonder working power and you have not activated. Your power is sitting at the bottom of the jug because you won't shake up the bottle. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible. It is not possible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him so not only do you have to believe that God exists but you also have to believe that he will reward you if you chase after him and so diligently seeking him he's a rewarder of those that seek him with intensity with intention with fervor with urgency you can change your life 
today. You can activate the power that you have today. You can stir up the gift today. You can shake the bottle today. You can start shifting things in your favor today, but you have to trust God by faith. Now I can breathe. Now I can take a breath. Listen, I know I was loud. I know that that was intense, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you don't have to live this way. You don't have to keep going down this road. You don't have to keep wondering when and why and Lord, how come shake up the bottle, stir up the gift. What gift? The gift of the Holy Spirit that you have had from the day you said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that God raised him from the dead and I accept him as savior. You've had that power the whole time, the whole time. And so that same power, that same power that allowed the apostles to do what they did all through the book of Acts is the same power that you have to build and activate your platform to speak your future into existence. There is power. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And we have spoken so much death over our finances and so much death over our future and so much death. You better turn that thing around. You have power. You have wonder working power at your fingertips and all you have to do is activate it. Shake up the bottle and do it today. So that is it. I hope that you were blessed by this episode. I was blessed in the delivery of this episode. And listen, if you have not already, go to readytobelieve.com and make sure that you sign up for the audience growth webinar. It is there for you free of charge. Make sure that you sign up for the creating consistency challenge. I'm also working on something really special and juicy right now. I can't share it just yet, but trust and believe it's going to be awesome. See what happens. See what happens when y'all get a whole season out of me. We were supposed to have 10 episodes and we just happily rolling along. Look at God. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Okay. And so make sure that you head over there and sign up because I don't want to lose you. And if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante Says, and I will see you next time. (laughs) 